Welcome to the global phenomenon, Surviving the Survivor, where we bring you the best guests in all of true crime. What's up, SDS Nation, and welcome to another episode of Surviving the Survivor. This is the third episode in, I think, less than like 18 hours. Let's just say 18 hours. Uh, it is a podcast that brings you the very best guests in all of true crime. And if I'm being honest, these are my two favorite guests. Thank God it's Friday. I'm limping to the finish line. Carm tells me don't complain, but I'm complaining. I'm friggin' exhausted. Uh, we did the Dan Rashbaum interview. Phil and Scott, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Phil was already saying, get me away from all the Adelson junk. We're going to get to it in a minute. But I had the lead defense attorney for Charlie Adelson, who was just convicted, and the same attorney is representing the matriarch, and we had a one-on-one -on -one interview yesterday. And I have to say, thank you to STS Nation. The vast majority of uh, comments are very, very positive. To the haters, <laughs> sit in my chair and try to do a better job. That's all I got to say. It ain't easy. I got two monitors. I got a criminal defense attorney trying to get through all aspects of the case. It ain't as easy as it looks. I'll leave it at that. And by the way, Phil, I, I read all the comments last night. And I, I know what? I'm going to pull this up, actually, for Phil Waters. Forget this. I want to read this to Phil Waters because I'd like Phil to comment on such a comment that I got. Uh, obviously a troll, but all right, this is it. This was a comment after my show last night, and she was my mother was not co-hosting, and the name is Poo D. Poo D. Like Poo. Poo. Poo D. She writes, cannot stand calm. She is truly hurting her son's reputation. I am not a sub of SDS Nation because of CARM in all caps. Keep it up, Pootie. That's all I got to say, and I'm going to stick Phil Waters right on you. Phil, anything to say about that? Well, obviously, they've got some issues that are coming out through their commentary about your mom. So uh, <laughs> then I would... I mean, you know what? Those people are uh, those types of people. Uh, you know, all you can do is, is pray for them, love them, and uh, hope they find a better, a better version of themselves and what they're showing there, reflecting there. Pootie, I love you. I'm giving you all I'm the love. Phil's absolutely right. And I'm praying for you. Scott Duffy, please chime in. I was going to go the opposite. I, I think oh. she absolutely, he or she, Pootie, loves Karn. And it's just putting out the <laughs> negative because the negative seems to draw more attention. So, hundred percent, Cootie's bringing 100%. in, bringing in the, uh, the love. Phil Waters, Phil Waters, you're basically a, a therapist, a psychologist of sorts. What is it that uh, I read a thousand comments, and this is the one that sticks out? Why is it that people gravitate to the one comment that irks them? Because it's personal. Mm. It's personal mm. to you. It's not some. You know, I don't, I disagree or, you know, on, on just opinions, that's a personal attack. And of course you, you take it differently and you, you, uh, you stick uh, with it and you want to share it. So yeah, it's a personal attack on your mom. It doesn't get much lower than that. You know, and. Middle school, high school, they used to say your mama wears combat boots in the bathtub and stuff like that. <laughs> that's, what that that's what this is like. It's 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 irritating me. I defend my mother. 
Um, by the way, impromptu, very impromptu SDS poll. Scott Duffy, who began in the seminary, was going to be a priest. He's now an FBI, or was an FBI agent, now the uh, director of the Wilmington in- Institute of Criminal Justice. Should he write a book about his life? And then you've got Phil Waters, America's most respected detective. He's done it all. Undercover narcotics, homicides, everything t- taught. Should he write a book? Let me know. Uh, look at this. Dolly, by the way, I had a giant, this is what happened today. I went to school, drop off, drop off my middle and my youngest. The oldest just tested positive for influenza, the B strain, which is very rare. Apparently it's now taken over, but I never heard of influenza B. Uh, she, She just tested positive. So I went to school, drop off without knowing this news. The minute I got back and laid down, I was so exhausted from last night. They my wife says to me, oh, you didn't know that J-Mac, my son, has an event at school that starts at 9.10. I got home at 8.20. I went to bed at 3 because I was reading comments. So guess what I did? I went back to school for that event. Uh, that was my morning. So the reason I tell you that, I've had a liter of coffee and I don't drink coffee. And now I'm having a Coke. And uh, there's a good chance I'm going to go into cardiac arrest, but I'm out of my mind. And at some point, I will crash during this show. Uh, but look at this. Dolly B, member. Steno Queen, member. Thunder whoever, member. Member. What is going on? I'll tell you why I think this is happening. Because tonight, we are, it goes all the way down here. Austin Ivy, whatever. Ellen, CJ Chapman, J-Mods, Bob B, Pat Brooks. Ryan uh, Luciani, Stella Jeezy, and Gail Holly. Tonight we're doing a watch party, uh, Scott and Phil. We're going to be watching with members the new Dateline episode on the Adelsons, which uh, Phil probably doesn't want to watch on a Friday night, but uh, on and on it goes. Oh, there it is. There's the um, – there it is. Jeannie Castellano, shout out to you and your husband. Members only, 9 p.m. Eastern. Look at Mish. Welcome new members. Uh, anyway, we're doing a watch party. So uh, join us for the watch party. Let me go down here and, and take a look at this poll. Um, who is saying if Phil or Scott should be writing a book, even if there's no response to that? Look at this. Jay Antonio says, Scott Duffy, I'm an alumni from St. Michael's, St. John's, my great-grandmother, alumni of Loretto Academy. Do write a book. Is that is Are these Philly places? I, I would have to ask... Antonio B to clarify a little bit. I mean, I've heard of all, but I think every city probably has a Loretto, a St. Mike's, and a St. <laughs> Lydia Anderson. Yes, yes, yes. Hmm, maybe. Um, hey, Mona, what did I miss? Why is Joel upset? Talk, someone's talking smack about my mother. That's why I draw the line, Mona. That's why I draw the line. That's why I draw the line. Uh, Joel, do you ever sleep? Not well. Oh, here's another thing, Phil Waters. Uh, so the house next to us, uh, I live in a very quiet neighborhood. Look at this, Mia Bido. This is a great idea. COE, I hope you're listening. Joel, do get a hot stone massage. The house next to us, every house, quiet neighborhood, the house next to us is a rental. Whoever is renting it thought it would be a good idea on a Thursday night in a total kid community to have a, basically a rave party at the pool because it's warm here out back at two 30 in the morning, hundred cars lined up on my street. I, I had to call the cops. I, I had no choice. 
by the way, I told the cops I wanted to remain anonymous. I didn't want to get beat up, but I'm telling everyone <laughs> here. But cops showed up. The noise quieted down. But I, you know what? I'm becoming my father. Phil Waters, how would you have handled a giant noise complaint directly next door to your home at 2.30 in the morning? What would you do? Just the same way you did. You, you would. Know, get, get the officials out there and let them do what they're supposed to do and let them resolve it. I'm not going to go over there and. You know, these, I, I say, I've worked these cases where neighbors go and confront neighbors and uh, stuff goes on for days and weeks, sometimes years, and then all of a sudden manifests itself into somebody killing somebody. So there's nothing to be gained by going over and puffing up and blah, 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 and all that good stuff. But, um, no, I mean, that's the way you handle that. You let a impartial third party, the police, show up and take care of that problem. So, well done if it resolved the problem. Now, Phil, let me ask you a very personal question. You can just whisper yes or no to me. Uh, let's say, hypothetically, this happened in your uh, in the Woodlands. I think that's where you live. You call the Woodlands PD. Would you say, hi, this is Phil Waters, retired detective, homicide uh, PD, uh, would you say, would you drop that? Or would you just say this is Phil Waters? No, I, you know, I, I've, we had a, we had a family to start. Actually, I don't live in the woodlands. My office is in the woodlands, but, mm. um, we did have a, um, an instance been several years ago, but our neighbor across the street had a, there was a family disturbance between her and, and her husband. Mm. And, we're we're on acreage lots, so I mean I could kind of stay behind the the trees and just kind of listen. Uh, the uh, someone had already called the sheriff's office, and so I was just um, I walked out there and and while the deputies were there, and they had put her in the back of the car, and and uh, I, I I walked up and you know made sure they saw me and all that good stuff. And, and I, I did, um, identify myself to them and, uh, just said, you know, if you need anything, I'm right here and, uh, you know, good job. So, but mm. in terms of, you know, coming up and doing that kind of stuff in my neighborhood, no, I'm not, I'm not prone to do that. Scott Duffy, don't lie now, because Phil said the uh, honest answer. Would you, if there was a disturbance, would you say, uh, this is Scott Duffy, former Lower Marion PD, uh, there's a disturbance next door. Are you dropping that? You're not. No, I wouldn't. No, not at, not at, not at, uh, not in my neighborhood. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. But I have identified myself in past if I've come across like car accidents, I would I would um, identify myself so that way they probably understand a little bit what's happening and know that they're going to get some good information. So I would quickly cut through the BS. Uh, v. Louise Arthur, I don't want to pull it up because I'm not deep. Look at this. She's our mod and she's given us a super sticker. She's unbelievable, by the way. I'm not deep paying the meme queen. Uh, maybe we will come across something that re will require a meme. But V. Louise Arthur, very open about this. By the way, all our new members. 
Uh, I'm always crazy on Friday, but this is out of the norm. And I feel like I'm going to get crazier because the caffeine is just like coursing through my veins. Um, and I might get wild. I don't know. But V. Louise Arthur says, in about two hours, I'm going to be sleeping with my tongue out of my mouth like Ethel. Uh, she says, I have a crush on Scott. You can ask my hubby. Mm. Nice. It at Fillmore and Scott look very sharp this afternoon. And Joel, you killed, maybe not the best choice of words, I'm not T-Pain. You killed that interview last night. Your integrity is why we all respect you. Yeah, a lot of people were like, so disappointing for the Markells. Let me tell you, a lot of people don't know what goes on sort of behind the scenes. And uh, I spoke to Ruth Markell at length, and she was uh, very well aware of this interview. Uh, surviving the Survivor, 204 votes in four minutes ago. Who should write a book? Scott, 12%. Phil, 7%. Both, 81%. Overwhelming. Just more work for... Uh, Phil Waters. Phil should write a book about Ferraris is what he should do. Hmm. Look at this. I had to leave one channel because someone's, someone was saying Joel's in cahoots uh, with the Adelsons. Okay. So, you know, it occurred to me, and I told you guys last week, we did um, some interview video, and I said to myself, self, you got the – two best investigators and in all the land here. Why aren't you doing more of this? So this video came out this week. It is the arrest of Donna Sue Adelson. Scott Duffy, you told me that uh, you've done a lot of takedowns. That's the word you guys use in airports. What is it about airports uh, that make uh, it a good spot to take down a potential suspect? And then we're going to watch some of this. The, the short answer is uh, when somebody is entering into an airport, they really, bad guys and good guys, do due diligence to ensure they don't have any weapons. So, of course, we would still treat mm. them like they had weapons, but uh, we we knew it, we'd, we'd have a better chance, especially if they're going through, through um, security today. Prior to 9-11, it was a little different. But uh, drug and addictions and... Um, and some good old fugitive work during my early days, quite a few airport trips, and they were they were good. Uh, Phil Waters, I, that's not really your world, right? You wouldn't go to airports. Uh, you were on the ground. Um, I know you like to poke fun at the FBI, but uh, you were probably kicking doors open, the Colt 45 out. Uh, how were you making most of your arrests? Well, no, I've, I've made a couple of airport incidents. Um, hmm. One was a uh, suicide by cop in the B terminal uh, with a guy that had a, an AR 15 in his suitcase. And a, hmm. I think he had a uh, either HK or a Glock nine millimeter that he, he shot himself at about the same time. The um, Homeland security agent who was working in one of the offices there right there in that terminal came out and, uh, shot him as well. So about the same effect. It sounded like one shot, but, uh, mm. and then I, uh, I actually did something that is very rare was that I had a suspect that 
when I was working narcotics, I had checked him out of jail. He was to set up a buy for me. And he, he had been an informant. And he decided in the middle of all this that he was going to go to Natchitoches, Louisiana to visit his mom, who was reportedly ailing. So he gets on an airplane in Houston, Texas, and is flying to Natchitoches, Louisiana. And I went through the overhead and called Dallas uh, Love Field mm. DPS, which is a security, their, their law enforcement force for the airport. And stopped an airplane from departing at the gate. I would do that for fun if I had the authority, but go on. Yeah, well, I'm going to tell you what, I, that was uh, the guys that I was talking to. Um, <laughs> they, uh, when it was all said and done, and then they, they did, they stopped the plane at the gate <clears throat> and uh, got on board, found him. He was pretty easy to find and snatched him off of it and got him into custody and brought him over to their office. And I, while that was all happening, I was already in my car, which was a 5.0 Mustang and made it to Dallas, Texas love field in about two hours, two and a half hours. So I was all, <laughs> and that's normal. That's about a three, three and a half hour drive, but uh, you have a little light up there. When did they stop putting the light up on the roof? When did they stop doing that? It's like Starsky and Hutch days. The Kojak lights. No, I, yeah. I, I had those in my city ride. I did not have this was a nut this was a, a a cool car so I didn't have that kind of stuff. How does that stick to the roof by the way is it magnetic they yeah, used to like pop magnets. that out they're magnets Yeah but anyway so we got up we got the guy in custody and of course when I walked in the room I mean he's just looking at me like an idiot and the uh the one one of their captains or whatever their one of their supervisors over there he walked up to him and he's pretty funny he walked up and he says that's the first time I've ever seen that happen. And I said, what's that? And he said, stopping an airliner from leaving the gate. And I said, well, you know, had to be done. And they, they did it for me. So, uh, so yeah, a couple of airport little incidents there. Um, but, uh, and then I've tracked people through airports at a, I think I've talked about this case, but this guy from Honduras that murdered his girlfriend, we had it all on video. He's taken her body someplace we've never recovered it but i filed on him for murder and uh and i've got him at the airport leaving and at the airport in honduras on video so uh yeah the airport stuff's pretty sensitive it, it's it's because you've got a lot of people there and i think the the suspects that get into the airports and scott you might back me up on this i think they they think they have a degree of anonymity with just the massive amount of people that are there. Mm -hmm. And uh, so they think they're going to, they're going to be able to abscond and uh, you know, people are on their game and the, you know, the police are on their game and the timing's right. You can go in there and snatch them up. So uh, airports and, and plus because of all the people that's, that's a security, you know, you've got to be concerned about all those other people. 
as well. And the, because you don't know what a person's going to do. And like this guy was telling me about a B terminal, that was not a secure area. So he was able to bring weapons into that area untouched. And, uh, you know, you get into a situation like that. So, uh, yeah, those are are like, uh, I think, I think it was six years ago, right here, Fort Lauderdale International Airport, uh, in the baggage area, when people are going to get their bags, guy just opened fire. It was a mass shooting. Six people were killed. Uh, you know, it was uh, so uncertain. Like Phil just said, unsecured areas of the airport uh, can be a big problem. Uh, Scott, look, we've got a bit of an answer here. J. Antonio B. Roman Catholic education is what he is referring yeah. to. Look at it, J. Antonio relaxing in what appears to be a hot tub there, uh, looking quite svelte. Uh, Scott, show everyone your shirt today. Speaking of the meme queen, that is courtesy of I am not T. Payne. What's it say again on the bottom there? Soothing Scott, I think. Sensitive Scott. Sensitive. Great. What kind of reaction do you get uh, to that shirt? Uh, well, this I'm I'm debuting it, so we're gonna okay. see. Your kids like it? Will they make fun of you, or will they? Oh, uh, definitely. It's definitely make fun of Dad make wearing fun this of you. T-shirt, but it's, it's um, courtesy you know, of the STS Studios. Yeah, you know that Scott's a real. Um, investigator because he noticed immediately that beautiful hat over phil's left shoulder uh, on the coat rack there and um hoping that by the end of the show you can put it on for us and we can see it actually on your head uh look at this from mia bedio here bedo mia bedo you and the s i like saying mia bedio i don't know what he just said you and the sts team are working so very hard on advocacy journalism treat yourselves today and here's to the super bowl halftime show i was hoping to get there in 2024 this the halftime show might wait till 2025 i'd like um now that i'm thinking more about it i'd like acdc to introduce uh phil we'll walk out uh to acdc playing live and then on the other stage uh we'll have def leopard for scott duffy pour some sugar on me and he'll walk out I, i have actually worked security for def leopard you have that must be fun, Bill Watt. Yeah. You, have you met them? Yes, yes. I got my picture with them, yeah. Hmm. That was after their uh, drummer lost his arm in a motorcycle accident. I was, I was just going to ask was, you that. So was he one-armed when you met him? Well, of course he was, Joel. He yeah. lost his arm. <laughs> so the <laughs> you, amazing Hold on. Thing, was it, is, it, is it his right arm or left arm? Oh, I don't, I don't even remember. Because uh, if it's his right, it's a little odd. Like, how do you shake hands? Do you just go? One-armed drummer. Well, you shake hands with his left. I mean, you shake what you have available to you. I mean, it's not uh, rocket science here, right? So, uh, Listen, uh, on Fridays, we cover everything, man. We're covering left. Yeah, but a bunch of, yeah, a bunch of good guys, and uh, uh, they're still out there rocking. So, uh, uh, rocking. Yeah, really, really cool. I, I was walking. In fact, I took my son at the time, who's. Gosh, he was probably, I don't know, probably 14 years old. And uh, he was into guitars and all that. And, and of course, their lead uh, guitar player was up there playing Crossroads, Eric Clapton, which is pretty cool. I mean, just to do the sound check. But anyway, uh, yeah, good guys. So Def Leppard would be a good choice. Look at this. Ski Hat Sarah. Haven't seen you. I miss you, Ski Hat Sarah. Will your book be available? Look, they asked. I didn't bring it up, but since she did, there's the QR code. Um, and yes, 100%. I had a very long talk with the publisher. That's why I'm asking you about Phil and Scott, because I want them to write books. Um, 
I just think it'd be fascinating. I love these stories. So I just, I feel like they should write books about their cases, their lives, what they've gone through. But uh, this book will be available on Audible and it will be available as a Kindle book as well. And uh, I'm excited about it. And uh, I'm bugging Carm because we are going to get cracking on our little publicity tour. Uh, Let me sort of set the scene here. Uh, before I get too carried away, because there's other insane questions I wanted to ask, but I don't remember what they are. So for those who haven't been following this, Fridays is a little bit weird. We have been all over the Dan Markell murder. He was an FSU law professor uh, murdered in 2014. Two hit men, uh, one uh, pled guilty and is serving a sentence, which he's going to get out fairly soon. The other hit man, the actual trigger man, is in prison for life. His name is Secreto Garcia. There was a middle woman named, named Katie Magbanoa. All of them were convicted. Well, the ex-brother-in-law is a guy named Charlie Adelson. He was dating Katie Magbanoa. So that's the connection. Charlie Adelson, who was a wealthy periodontist, drive, drove a Ferrari, Phil, uh, he was just convicted in November and is now set to face a life sentence in prison. And as they say in Florida, life is life. Well, um, a week after his conviction, which was November 6th, the matriarch of the family, Donna Sue Adelson, was arrested. Now, what's interesting about this, Bill Waters, is the attorney I had on last night could be in a little bit of hot water. And I tweeted out this particular clip a little while ago at podcast STS on Instagram at surviving the survivor. What happened was uh, there were jailhouse calls that were being recorded after Charlie's conviction. And he is speaking to his mother and Donna Adelson thinks that the phone has disconnected, but it did not. And she talks about how she's planning to flee the country and says that Dan implying her defense attorney, who I interviewed, was telling her that it's time to get out now. Um, And it could be an ethical issue. Uh, A lot of people are debating this. Uh, He came on and said he, you know, there was at the time no warrant, no nothing. She she was free to leave. And incidentally, Phil and Scott, she bought a one-way ticket with her husband, not a round trip, to go to Vietnam through Dubai. Uh, I don't know many elderly couples that travel with a one-way ticket halfway around the world. So that sets the stage. Uh, The FBI had eyes on her, Scott's agency. She gets to the airport, and this happens. We're about to watch it together. Let's watch this. It's a 36-minute clip. I'm not going to do that to you. But let's watch the first little part of it, and then we'll get some breakdown. We'll go back and rewatch part. Okay, so this is a very abridged version here. So that is uh Behind this hairy long arm here, that is Donna Sue up there, her husband Harvey, who's 80 years old. Uh, This gentleman, I don't know if you guys can see the cursor, this arm right here. Are you seeing that cursor? No. Uh, Probably not. The arm you see with the black uh, watch on the wrist, 
that Scott Duffy is FBI agent Pat Sanford, who has testified in the other trials, and he's there now to arrest the matriarch. Scott Duffy, you're the FBI agent. When you watch this, what do you see? Well, I, I could easily tell who the FBI agent was because of the black um, portfolio under his arm <laughs> during, <laughs> during an arrest. Not, um, but the do all uh, so, FBI so, agents do all FBI agents carry those black portfolios? I have a few left. Yeah. Okay. Nice. It's um. What of course? What's interesting is, of course, he says you're under arrest for murder, and she didn't really seem to um blink an eye she was more more concerned with protecting her phone than hey i'm about to go to jail and not go on my one-way trip to vietnam so it was but but it, it looked like she was expecting it just hoping that she had a few more minutes to escape a lot of people say she you know the most agitated she is is, is in this part but a lot of people said she was probably uh had already taken a, a pill for the flight. Maybe she was a little calm. Um, she does yank her phone. The COE gave me like the uh, shorter than Cliff's notes version of this video, but let's go back, Phil. Let's watch this again and get your take. Hi, how are you? Yeah, but I So her attorney says not to give it to her. They're battling over the phone. Um, Phil Waters, your breakdown. What? By the way, we had a behavioral expert on here. It was interesting, but you're the investigators. What do you see, uh, Phil? Well, I think her initial response is just she's kind of incredulous. She doesn't, uh, you know. She's kind of like, uh, really, you guys, you know, she she likes to be in control, obviously, and, and she's trying to maintain that control. And then when they go for the phone, she's going to demonstrate further that, you know, you, you're not you're not taking my phone. You know, get your hands off my phone. I'm in I'm, I'm running this thing. And and I think that's just her general nature. I think that's who she is. She's done that all her life. And now she's in a situation that she does not have control over. And who's the who's the uh, who's the goober head standing next to her? Who's that guy? That is her <laughs> husband, Harvey Adelson. Harvey ah. Adelson would be the goober head. Um, okay. he's, well, Harvey he's, looked, Harvey, <laughs> Harvey looks a little gobsmacked through that whole deal. Like <laughs> what? You know. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of a fun. I was watching him more than I was watching her. He was. He was uh, that was kind of funny. <laughs> now, Scott Duffy. Uh, this is an elderly couple. <clears throat> Pat Sanford, the, the lead FBI agent there, they seem to be pretty relaxed. But, you know, and they do. this is a part of the airport where they have gone through um, the jet. The jet They're actually just about to board uh, this. The door to the left, that stainless steel actually leads to the plane and to the right uh, is is where you give your ticket. So they're in a secure area. But Scott Duffy. Uh, do you have to be concerned about your own safety as law enforcement, even if it's a 73-year-old woman and 80-year-old male that you are arresting? 100%. Yep. No, don't uh, 
Don't let your guard down. That's why that's why I was a little joking about the black portfolio. <clears throat> His hands should have been absolutely free for for whatever could have taken mm. place, not knowing the reaction of of people like Phil said, total control, money, and all of a sudden it all comes crashing down. People um can do the totally unexpected. So yeah. I mean, she could have hypothetically had a pen and tried to jab Pat Sanford, God forbid, in the neck or something. Uh, that's why you would have both hands available to you, Scott. Is that correct, just, Scott? Just always. It's, it's, <laughs> the pen Scott, is Scott, how, how fast could you take Donna Sue Adelson down if she came at you, Scott? <laughs> don't be, don't yeah. be a modest. How fast would it happen? Seconds? A second? Perhaps, perhaps the portfolio, the, the the booklet would be thrown, grab, <laughs> hitting her neck. Maybe it was going to be used as a, as a weapon, to, in case. <laughs> one of my, by the way, one of my uh, biggest regrets in life at CrimeCon, you guys were supposed to show me takedowns, and we completely forgot. So this yeah. CrimeCon, we're going to do that. Let me play little bits and pieces through here, and there's two other clips. I actually find this interesting to speak to you about this. So uh, she's obviously take. By the way. Uh, you know, people are like, oh, Donna is never going to make it through trial. She's 73. To me, she looks fantastic. She's lean. She's kind of athletically built. Uh, they take her on like a 30-minute perp walk through the airport. She's fine. But let's let's watch here because there are a couple things that um, uh, the body language expert said, which Dr. G, by the way, who's awesome, pal of mine. Here we go. Yeah. So they're looking at the ID. Right there, when when he says you're under the arrest, under arrest for the murder of Dan Markell, and that is Pat Sanford, who's been on this case, Phil Waters, she says, it's tough to hear, but she says, oh, here we go again. How do you decipher such a comment, Phil Waters? Oh, here we go again. Well, again, she she's acting as though that, uh, you know, that she's got nothing to do with this. She can't believe it's happening. And and she so her commentary is, oh, here we go again. So, you know, I mean, it's just it's a woman that is. Used to being in control of of whatever her. Destiny may be, and she is now finding herself in a position. So she's trying to blow this off. She's trying to minimize what's happening right now and thinking that I guess that she's going to somehow convince these guys with a warrant that you're wasting your time and you're harassing me. I I wouldn't be surprised if somewhere along the line here that comment wasn't made. You know, this is just harassment, you know, yada, yada, yada. So, um, I don't find her reaction to this uh, any different than what I would expect coming from a person like her. Phil, do you find it troubling that the attorney who I just interviewed is on a recorded jailhouse call? Uh, He's not on it, but she is talking about him, essentially saying, Dan told us, you know, this is the time to get out, basically, in so many words. Is that disturbing to you as an attorney? Not you as an attorney, but him as an attorney. That an attorney would say something like that? Correct. That's what I mean. Oh, I, the, uh, attorneys saying crap wouldn't surprise me at all. Mm. So, you know, and, and you know what? And I, I mean, this is her saying he said that, right? Uh, we know she's on. Um, 
she's on a jailhouse call and she's talking to her son. But, but that's what I'm point. saying. It's her right. saying her that he correct. Said this. She's invoking his name. It's not him. It is not him. Yeah. So, you know, I, I mean, people like this, they hear what they want to hear. And, you know, I would not be surprised if the, if there was a discussion, if she said something like, well, I guess I just need to get out of here. And he may have responded with, well, yeah, but that's just going to cause a bigger problem. So I'm not, I'm not convinced. I don't think there's, for me, there's not enough evidence here that her attorney told her, yeah, you need to get out of town. I, 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 I you know, and, and I'm sure her attorney is quite capable. And, and I don't know how long her attorney's been in practice, but. Um, 25 plus years. How long? 25-ish. 25 years. So, um, I mean, I, I guess there might be an attorney that might tell somebody something like that, but I don't know. You know, I, I, I since it's, it's, it's a hearsay, to use a legal term, since it's a hearsay thing, it's her, it's her saying it. Um, is she saying it to somehow justify what she wants to do because that's what she thought she heard. I mean, there's a whole lot of stuff here going on. So well, I, I one of the, one of the theories or the thoughts out there is that uh, the state could ultimately call him as a witness about her trying to flee, which would basically force him to be recused from the case. But we're far off from that happening. By the way, there's a, a hearing. Oh yeah. Put him, yeah. Put him on the stand under oath. Yeah. Uh, that might I mean, happen. If you want to get resolved one way or the other, he's either going to perjure himself or he's just going to say, yeah, I, I, this is the way I said it. I, I would imagine he's going to say, this is the way I said what I said. She interpreted it as leave the country, whatever. But uh, Scott Duffy, what about the fact that uh, this couple that you're looking at, by the way, look at uh, Harvey's just gazing into his Wife's eyes uh, at 80 years old. By the way, he looks pretty fit, too. Um, Scott Tuffy, what about the fact, and I argued about this with Dan Rashbaum last night, that they bought a one-way ticket. Now, these are people with a lot of financial means. If it were me, I would be on a boat to Cuba and flying out of Cuba to Canada and Canada to where. Why the hell would you buy a one-way ticket? And in your opinion, is that consciousness of guilt? Yeah, and, and and I think the law has has evolved over the years with regards to flight, flight being an indicator of of guilt. Um, you know, you have to find other other pieces to to put together, but I think it, it seems like they let her get to this point as a like a like a retail theft hey let somebody get to the point that it looks like they're taking what they're taking um and removing it from the store and and then make an arrest as opposed to why not lock her up at her house in the car at a um at a uh, signal or whatnot and then just remove her so it, it seems like this is a they let this go as far as they can so there's the, it would be very difficult to refute Having those t that that one way ticket, um, you know, it's it's a very it, it's a very difficult thing. I would think to to uh, defend that. Hey, we're we're just leaving for a week, 
and and maybe we'd get a cheaper one-way ticket back or something. It's I think it plays into the prosecution's hand with regards to having that ticket um, in the event that maybe she would um, want some sort of bail that, you know, it's, it, and I've used it plenty of times. Hey, we have evidence to show that they were fleeing. And, uh, and if they're given bail, they will flee again. So um, bravo to, to everybody in letting it get to the point that they needed to, to, um, to secure that, that uh, she'll remain in jail until court. Uh, by the way, on our new just launched second channel, which is Best Trials in True Crime, uh, we are airing the Michelle Traconis trial. And it's getting interesting. The judge today now kicking out the uh, a second juror uh, for speaking about the case. Uh, he was very annoyed. Kevin, uh, the, the Honorable Kevin A. Randolph, who sounds like Morgan Freeman, uh, very annoyed. Some people are saying there could be a mistrial. Things are heating up. Um Scott Duffy, Farrow Gamma was asking, why would they take um, Harvey's wallet? I mean, well, not wallet, his passport. If he, he was not under arrest, do you think they gave him back the passport? Yeah, I, I, think, that was just, I think that was just a preliminary um, making an ID that we have the right people, right? Because they're going to, you know, hey, do you have the right people? Yes. Not only do I know what they look like, but I had their passports. Um, or her passport, he's with her. So I can see for the sake of just temporary holding on to things, for example, bags and, and whatever that, um, that then as long as there's nothing that they foresee in the future pursuing against Harvey, um, that they would provide that passport back prior to him leaving. Cause I did. And I, and, and I think as you go along, there are going to be things that he's requesting to take yes with yes 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 i don't know how the feds i don't know how the feds look at it but uh i mean harvey's going to be detained they're in the middle of an arrest he's with her there is a possibility there that he could be involved in hindering apprehension so uh, they're they're in terms of taking his passport and getting him identified and detaining him there they're they're well within their the scope of that investigation to do that Uh, by the way phil this is uh a teaching moment for you uh and i know you'll enjoy this what one of my questions and i didn't know this one of my questions was did they because i didn't i never heard him read the miranda rights um but that's only for custodial interviews is that right phil well that's that's television stuff you're talking about there you know yeah, i never I'm, heard him say you have the right to remain silent well because there there's at that point in time it's not necessary to to read those Miranda warnings. Uh, now, if they get her to an interview room, then they will, it'll be a custodial interview and they will read Miranda and she will need to waive those rights and carry on that conversation. But this business about reading Miranda upon an arrest is more television stuff than it is reality. So I can't, Gosh, um, I can only think of one time in the course of a capital murder investigation that we read Miranda to this guy 
up on the arrest. And that was because we wanted to interview him or have a short conversation with him almost immediately. So we, in fact, that guy ended up getting Miranda read to him probably three times through the course of that process of an arrest, that initial interview at the scene of the arrest, and then getting him to the interview room, reading Miranda again, and his waving it again, and then going off into a, another interview with him. And then in those days, we were audio recording the interviews, but we had just gotten in Homicide the latest, greatest video equipment, which was all VHS tapes. <laughs> so that was the latest, greatest thing going. And my partner and I decided at the time, because all the old school guys that trained us were very leery of videos. But we decided between the two of us that, look, let's video that let's let's take another statement from him and get him to demonstrate and we'll video so that's what we did so in the course of that one arrest he was read miranda three different times and um so it's just it's necessary when it's necessary i guess that's the best way to put it Remind me to come back to cassette tapes, but Phil, I hate to put you on the spot. Could you recite the Miranda rights right now if asked to do so verbatim? Don't look, don't Google it, Phil. I see you looking at your mind. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Could you, could you recite your Miranda rights right now? Probably could. You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can, will be used against you in the court of law and probably will be used against you at your trial. You have the right to have an attorney present during any questioning. Uh, and then you, uh, if you cannot afford an attorney, you will have one appointed for you and you have the right to terminate this interview at any time. Does it have to be verbatim? Like if you miss a word, is that a problem? I never recited it. I always read it off the card, but I'm saying if let's just say you did, let's just say you forgot your card one day, you recited it, but you miss a word. Is that a problem? No, but it's not, I didn't do that. I, I can say that that is one thing I have never done. I know you're never, never supposed to say never, but uh, never recited Miranda. It was always off what we called the blue card that was issued to us from the Harris County District Attorney's Office. Scott Duffy, same with you. Would you always read? Oh, yeah, I totally agree with him there. Um, because you just don't want one little word that that could be used. Uh, by the defense. So absolutely, I, I did a verbatim um, off the card. And and you also call a blue card in the FBI. What do you call it in the FBI? You know, there's a, it's a, everything in the FBI has an FD, a um, FD, a dash, and then a number. It's and, and I'm trying to think what the number is. I think I think there might be an agent on there that has one. Uh, I think it's FD3. 92 or four. So, um, three, nine, everything's a number. So that's how you guys talk. You're like, Hey, John, do you have your FD three ninety five on you? That's how you guys talk. Well, no, but that's how you, that's how you're, you know, that's what it is government, but no, you just say, Hey, give me the, uh, give me your rights card. Well, and for all you all that are paying attention, here is the blue card of which I'm speaking. Mm. Look at, there you go. Look at that. Phil, this is a uh, question for you once again. 
Yeah. And I can tell you too that in each in each state there are different versions of Miranda. So this is what I've recited to you is the tech and I, Scott, I don't know if the Fed version is and then they're not much different right in their wording, but they are they are differently worded. And then the most important thing is after reading Miranda is that the person you're reading them to has to understand. And the way I read Miranda to them was and the way I instruct officers to read Miranda is to read each right one at a time and make sure they understand each one individually. And then at the end of it, we put together I always preach that you need to get an explicit waiver, although the Supreme Court has ruled that uh, an, an implied waiver is also acceptable in that you read a Miranda, they say they understand it, and you immediately go into the conversation. And the fact that they go into the conversation implies that they understood their rights and they are, they are by implication, waiving those rights. Now, I was never comfortable with that. I always taught and always recommended that you get a specific and an explicit waiver. And so when I would finish reading the rights, make sure they understood them, then I would say to them, it is my understanding that you are now going to intentionally, voluntarily uh, waive those rights, knowingly waive those rights as I've read them to you or give them up so that we can continue this conversation. Is that correct? And they would always say yes. So um, that's just dotting the I's and crossing the T's so that when you get into court and you get to a suppression hearing over that statement and a question of Miranda comes into place, you don't want to be up there on the stand answering a bunch of questions about the way Miranda was read, the way they waived their rights and so forth and so on. You want it to be explicit. It needs to be clear that they understood their rights, they understood each one of them, and then they turned and, and explicitly waived those rights so we could continue that conversation. Now, they can, they can uh, they can, they can exercise a right any time during that conversation. So you can be in the middle of it, and I've had them do that before. You know, when you start putting the heat on them, um, you know, I think I need to talk to my attorney. I'm going to talk to my attorney. And, they, and that, that's the end of that conversation. So, but then what I always told them was after that was that if you choose to make contact, if you want to reconnect, make contact with me, I will be more than happy to sit down with you and do that. And they can do that in the moment. I've had them where I've walked out of the room and I come back in. And now they say, look, I want to, I want to tell you. And then you have to read a Miranda all over again and make sure that they understand it and make sure that they are now waiving those rights because they have chosen to recommunicate, to reconnect, and do want to tell their story. And I've never had a problem in court if you follow that guideline of, of Miranda. Uh, so many things to get to. First of all, we have breaking news on STS that I find fascinating. Um, Japan has just landed a robotic spacecraft on the moon, becoming the fifth country to reach the moon. 
Uh, there's one problem. Uh, they are losing power because of a problem with a solar panel on this robot. So they got all the way to the moon, but it looks like this robot is going to die a quick death. Um, Lynn Yost, I absolutely love, love, love this channel on Fridays. It's always interesting to me. Uh, Deep thinker, Deb, Phil Waters, I think, and then I have a question for Scott, but who is Miranda anyway? I believe this is a Supreme Court case. We don't need the full explanation, but am I right about that, Phil? Is this based on a Supreme Court case? Yeah, it's a Supreme Court case. Uh, gosh, help me, Scott, the year uh, <laughs> 1960s, I think, sometime. Yeah, better think better Google 60s. that one. Yeah. Yeah. I want to say it is it is a 60s case. Anyway, it's a Supreme Court case. Um, Scott Duffy, by the way, I started in my haze after this interview last night, and I bring this up. I'll tell you why in a moment. Uh, Netflix was teasing this show. I believe it's called American Nightmare. Uh, it's really interesting. As I watched it, I started to recon. Scott, are you watching this? Did you watch it? I just finished it. I'm glad you're. Oh, you it. did. I was going to suggest that you watch it. Don't tell me. Don't spoil it. But um, because there's interesting Phil Waters, there are. Um, it's all real. It's a documentary, and there's a lot of police interview footage. And the detective at one point says, I am the puzzle solver, he said to the potential suspect. And it made me think of a Phil Waters moment. Phil, make sure you and the wife watch this. I did remember it. And there's news about this currently. Don't tell me, Scott, but um, let's revisit that next week. But Phil Waters, watch American Nightmare. I think you'll like it. Um. You haven't had enough crimes to solve in your life. This is another one. Uh, look at this. I did not ask about this. I'll even take the video down for a moment. The new book of Joel and Karn, will it be available? It already is available in Canada for pre-order. If you go to Amazon, you can order it. A book tour to Toronto is definitely happening. Karn doesn't know it, uh, but it is definitely happening. Thank you for asking, Kitty Cat. Okay, so back to this video. Let's keep watching here. So... You're under arrest. Well, here we go again. Okay, so she pulls away, Scott Duffy. The minute she pulls away, the police officer there, is he doing his job? He immediately puts his hand on it. Uh, this is where it could get a little contentious. Uh, and Pat Sanford puts down that um, portfolio of his, but is this... Are they following proper procedure here? Yeah, and my I'm without knowing everything here. My guess is there's something about the phone itself. It's you're not just taking a phone and passing it on to somebody saying you don't need to. Um, there there might be something on that phone, and maybe they had a search warrant for that phone as well. And so that that phone is not just a phone. It could be a piece of evidence, and you you do need to protect that evidence. They so did have uh, they did have a search warrant. I don't know if they had it at this time. I believe they did, but they went back and got more devices. But we'll play this part out here. Phil Waters, what would you say to her if she said my attorney said I don't have to hand it over? I would say he's wrong. <laughs> You're gonna have we're gonna seize the phone. And, uh, I mean, what do you want to get in a belly bucking contest over this phone with this 80 year old woman or however old she is? So 
you know, I mean, you, you, you've got to, you know, he's got to set the tone. You have to set the tone. I mean, depending on how you respond to her, you can't react to somebody like her. Mm. I tell these people in, about in the, in the interview room all the time, you cannot react. You have to respond. And there's a difference. And so he's got to maintain his cool, which it sounds like they did. And uh, regardless of what your attorney told you, we're taking the phone now. We can discuss that that issue later on. But we're taking the phone now. And Lydia Anderson, Miranda ruling 1966, Phil Waters. You were right once again. Uh, yeah, sometime- Miranda versus Arizona, I think it was. And I'm sitting here thinking about it. Hmm. Future says, not a belly-bucking contest. Uh, Phil Waters sometimes says things that people quote. Um, I don't think that's memeable yet. There'll be something today that's memeable. Okay, so here we are. Don't don't attribute that to me. I don't use that kind of language. So Mm -hmm. Um, There you go. Uh, Scott and Fillmore sounds like a great TV show about family values and fighting crime. It does. It does. We could go on to a meme now. All right, this is uh, outside in the – after like – and never-ending walk. They get to the car, and uh, this part, to me, is almost humorous. She now asks for air conditioning. Let's watch. Coming up right here. Air conditioning. Scott Duffy, what do you make of this portion of the tape? She asks there, uh, can I get some air conditioning? And the police officer says, uh, you can't because there's a barrier up because you're a criminal and you're a suspect or a presumed criminal. Um, your take on this little tidbit of video. It just looked like a very, uh, they looked very hospitable to her, giving her yeah. water, helping her. Um, if, you know, yeah. I mean, so if, if, if the air conditioning is not going to reach back there, he's just doing, saying they're not going to get another car. So, um, <laughs> It's, well, my, sure. uh, I, I think the comment should he, if it had been me, I'd have said yes. <laughs> I mean, what, what's the point in making the comment? You got to bury your not. Well, I mean, really? Come on. You're a criminal. You're under. What, why, why is that even necessary? So, um, you know, she's kind of doing a pity party, you know, now. She realizes what's happening to her. And, uh, you know, they let her, of course, the giving her the bottle of water and she's trying to drink it with her hands handcuffed behind. I'm just like, oh, <laughs> it's good. You know, I mean, she asked for more. Really? She asked for more. And they well, give her a little I mean, bottle. <laughs> no, matter, no matter what the circumstances are, you got to treat her with dignity and respect. Just answer her freaking question. She says, Is there air conditioning in the car? Yes, there is. Could you unzip my, I think she, because of the heat or whatever, unzip her front there. And that uh, lady officer did that. Female officer did that. So, you know, I I mean, 
I just would have handled this a little differently. And remember, you, you want this woman to be your friend if you're going to try to attempt to interview her. Mm-hmm. Good and point. this is why, this is why, now these guys are harness bulls, right? These are uniformed police officers mm-hmm. putting her in the car, blah, blah, blah. They're transporting her to wherever they're transporting her. And when I had these guys doing the same thing when I was working, if I had them transport my suspect down to homicide for the interview, I know how the harness bulls are likely to treat them. And they're not going to treat them in the same fashion in which I am in terms of, you know, being courteous and that kind of a thing, necessarily. They're going to be straightforward. We're doing the job, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so when they get to the interview room in cuffs by the officer that transported them, I'm always there to meet them. And I direct the officer to remove the cuffs. So that does a couple of things. Number one, it allows me to show some empathy to them in their situation. And it shows them I'm the one in control. I'm the one directing what happens in this room. So there's a purpose behind everything that a homicide detective or an FBI agent does in the course of an investigation and in preparation to interview a suspect. So all that stuff right there uh, about the air conditioner and all that discussion to me would work to my advantage in the interview room if that's where they took her because now I can tell that officer who made that little snippy comment uh, take the cuffs off of her and Ms. Adelson would you would you like a bottle of water so I'm just telling you you know that's not necessarily a bad thing it's just that you know, I might have handled that a little different. I didn't see there was much point in being snippy. But uh, very, this is all really very fascinating. Nothing is serendipitous. It is all done on purpose. Sage Lake, the footage shows her last moments of freedom ever. That freaks me out. By the way, uh, Black Widow is speaking to Space Coast. And I met earlier on, we were talking about Def Leppard uh, and ACDC. A little uh, inside baseball. Space Coast is an unbelievable guitarist, giant deadhead, big Grateful Dead fan, and uh, knows very musically gifted. Uh, he also produces music. Um, I think that could only be a, uh, a positive for the women of STS Nation, but uh, very gifted musically. He would be uh, modest about that, but um, extremely talented. Uh, ruthless. I love this. Phil is the Don. Don Waters. Don Waters. There you go. Um, Scott Duffy. I'm not, sure how, I'm not sure how to take that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I would take it as a comp. I wish someone would call me. I mean, those, uh, those uh, uh, the uh, who should write a book kind of thing, given the stats that you showed, I kind of felt like Ron DeSantis in Iowa. <laughs> um. <laughs> This is always a part of the show where I'm amazed. Our, our numbers are going up instead of down. I expect it to be a three in the live chat, and somehow it is close to 2,000. Look at this from Black Widow. Um, I could listen to Phil forever. He reminds me of my dad. That's probably not something he loves. You could say older brother, Black Widow. Well, you know, I, I mean, look, I'm an old, you know, that didn't bother You're not old, Phil. 
I mean, come on. You're not, you're not old. Uh, speaking of old, Scott Duffy. I meant to bring this up over the VHS comment. Laying in bed yesterday, minding my business before getting ready to do the Rashbaum interview. Uh, I don't know what I was doing. My daughter, who's homesick, comes up to me and says, Daddy, what's a cassette tape? And in that very moment, I wanted to leave planet Earth because I've realized that I am now this old man, which I'm not really. But it's interesting how the generations come and go. Remember, Scott Duffy, you know, you'd ask your parents a question like, what's a radio or, you know, what's a whatever it was back then? Uh, what was black and white TV like? Those types of questions. Well, now that is us, Scott. Does that ever um, demoralize you when your kids ask you, what is a cassette tape? What is a payphone? What is a record? Does that demoralize you? Um, I don't have to worry about the record. Because my youngest is a big vinyl. Hold on. Breaking news. Scott has many fans, many fans with a crush Mm. in Beantown, Boston. Wow. Mm. Go ahead, Scott. (laughs) So my youngest is a big um, vinyl guy. So at mm. 16, he's he's realizing the um, the pretty cool effect of records. I will still catch myself in a classroom saying tape recording. So we don't tape record, right? It's recording. Mm. There's no tape involved anymore. So it's um, I still have to. I'm I'm still learning, catching up. But you know, I the payphone is one. Uh, I've showed my class of young, early, late teens, early twenties of a payphone, and I'll get, you know, dead stares. What is that? So it's it's pretty sad to see some of these artifacts that we have not too long ago that are long gone. And, and Scott, when you're teaching, do the do the young ones throw around words and you have no idea what they're speaking of? Um, oh yeah, no, that's that's where I learn. It's just like in the drug game. Um, mm. you got to learn it by people who, who speak it. So it's, uh, that's, that's give the me, way it give is. Me a, give me a, give me like a drug term, by the way, mm. give, give me something mm. like a drug oh, I can term. tell you anything I know is, is, is old is already, it changes. But give, give me, give me something like, year. but give me something like, give me something that you used to say, like, uh, I don't know. Mm. Give me something. Um, I mean, it's two, you know, keys. Like, like uh, short for a kilo, give me a couple of keys. Give me, I'm just trying to think of some some terms. Give it can me, be uh, different depending on what part of the country you're in. Yep, yep. That's true, yep. too. I know That's when uh, when we were talking with, uh, when we were dealing with crack dealers, you know, in Texas, we call them rocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I ran with a buddy of mine up in Boston who was on an anti-gang unit, and we ran through the freaking Boston streets, I was jumping out with him. I didn't have a gun with me. That was pretty stupid. But anyway, uh, chasing these guys into these high-rise ghetto areas, and uh, they called them hops. So uh, they would have little individual bags. They were very, they were very uh, uh, user-friendly. They, they had their rocks were, you know, our guys. They would pull them out of their mouth and hand them to the guy. But uh, these guys had little tiny uh, Ziploc bags. I mean little teeny tiny Ziploc bags that had a rock in it. And so uh, up in Boston, uh, when I was running, uh, we called them rocks. They called them hops. So depending on where you are in the country, I mean, there's all sorts of, you know, 
weed pot, you know, doobies, joints. Um, I had a dog named Doobie. I had a dog named, but it wasn't for joint. Doobie, and uh, I don't know who named this dog. I think my sister, but in Hebrew, it means teddy bear. And it was the dog's what? name was Doobie. But, and then we found out we were kids, what it really meant. Um, look at this. Maverick says, the old dial phones. Look at this. Say, walk down memory lane. Party uh, party line. Do we remember this? I remember this. How many? I remember this very distinctly. I don't know why. I was living in Manlius. My dad was doing his residency there, which is Syracuse, New York. Never seen that much snow in my life. And I remember we got something called a cable box, and it was like this big, with a thing on this side to like move up. Like if you had it in the up position and hit this thing, it was channel two. But if it was in the middle position and you hit this thing, it was channel sixty-two. Whatever. Uh, but how many of us remember having to get up from the sofa and go? to the TV to change the channel. And we had about three choices, by the way, very nice comment from Mr. Erickson, attorney at law who says he loves this show. Um, just amazes me. Um, that anyone, let loves me, show. Uh, let me uh, have to interrupt. Of course, I'll get my first interruption in. Just let me say something it. real quick about Miranda. Uh, just now. Yes. Struck me. So even even if the agents do read her Miranda and so forth and so on, and she says, I want an attorney, all that good stuff, even after all that is done, she will be taken, as is any suspect, after an arrest, and they will be magistrated. So they'll be taken to a magistrate, a judge, and the judge will read them their rights again. And at that point in time, can you afford an attorney? And, and they'll make those declarations then. So... There's a whole process in which rights are administered and read to whoever the suspect and potential defendant is going to be. So even after we interviewed people custodially and they read their rights, then they were then, once that interview is over with, then they're booked into the jail and then they appear in an arraignment in a hearing and they're magistrated uh, and read their rights again in a formal setting. So... Uh, yeah, Miranda pretty much through the process is, is going to be present in several different stages. No one more passionate uh, and a better teacher in law enforcement than both Phil Waters and Scott Duffy. Maureen Walsh. Scott is so softly spoken. You'd never think he was an FBI instant D agent. I don't know what the hell that means. If you cross him, that's why he went unnoticed and fit in. Scott, did this uh, personality trait of yours to be so sensitive and soft-spoken, uh, did it help you when you were uh, doing undercover work? Because you kind of would just fit in. To diff you could put a big earring in right now and paint a tat sleeve. You could look like a drug dealer. Uh, but did you fit in because of this personality of yours? Well, I didn't do undercover work. I did I did a undercover job one time. Mm -hmm. uh, but I didn't go down the road of uh, being an undercover agent. I'm I'm a little bit remiss about that, but because uh, there are some pretty cool guys out there um, who have done some great undercover, you know, jobs. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a lot and so, of fun. so I I miss not having <laughs> gone down. It's um it's a it big was commitment. A lot of fun. But I will uh, yeah, say I, I don't want to compete with you guys, but um, I did go undercover as an investigative reporter of Fox Five, and I, you guys take murders off the streets. I unearthed a hot dog vendor who was blowing his nose on a tissue and then wiping the hot dog with it. Uh, we got oh, that on I video. Did. 
I was saving millions of New Yorkers from the hot dog vendor uh, while you guys were taking down murders. Scott, I didn't mean to interrupt. Sorry. But that's that's important because I, I love those New York hot dogs. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot of snot on that's it. That's why they have that unique flavor. <laughs> yes. The ads, uh, we literally had it. Uh, of all the things I did at Fox 5 in New York, that video, uh, I got. I did a story where we caught the air traffic controllers um, at the Westchester Airport, which at the time, it's a commercial airport. Um, but at the time, it was the airport that Barack Obama was flying into and out of as president. We had video of the air traffic controllers doing this, sl- sl- snoring, dead asleep as planes were coming in and going out. And uh, story hey, that's okay. a rough job, man. Let me tell it you is. something. They that's were doing everything you weren't, uh, everything you weren't supposed bad. to do, bringing laptops in. They had TVs. You're not supposed to. Yeah, look at Joel, Erica Spears. Trying to one up Phil. I'm story topping, as my uh, wife taught me. Uh, but no, um, of all the video, the hot dog guy with his dirty black and brown crusted fingernails snotting on the hot dog um, that got the most attention. Mm. Don't ask me why, but it did. You know what? Uh, I'm done with Donna Adelson. Uh, I don't care about her arrest at the moment anymore um we're gonna move on from here uh let me just see where we are with the comments my selfie story in new york city what was that i don't remember that was that when i was begging for twitter followers i don't know what that is my undercover story i did some really um brave things in new york i took down the hot dog vendors okay Moving on here. This is a interesting story. Caught my attention. Look at this. Look at this from Miss Brazy. No offense to Scott here. Best guest, Phil. My all-time favorite detective, Fave. Thank you. Yeah. We had He's three of the too. shortest. Yeah, Appreciate that. We had three of the shortest clips ever. We couldn't get through it. Uh, Michelle Cavernos, this is the best show ever. Again. Not me because of these guys, but this is why we will be a Super Bowl halftime show. People think I'm crazy. I know they think I'm nuts, but uh, it's going to happen. Joel, we really need to get Phil and Scott's take on the Karen Reed case updates, FBI's investigation. I'll be honest. Ever since I had Turtle Boy on my show, and you know, I wish this guy nothing but good. I don't want to see anyone in his situation. Phil and Scott, I don't know if you know this story, but I'll make it very short. And I don't think these guys have been following it. I'll get back into it. Very long story short, in Boston, there's a woman named Karen Reed. She's dating a Boston police officer. They have a couple of drinks. Uh, she is then uh, yeah. accused of running them over. Do you know the story, Phil? I, well, yeah, I, I read about the story, right? And yeah, she's well, got so her there's story a story. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a there's a YouTuber, a blogger, or whatever you want to call him named turtle boy and he's got turtle riders and they'll probably send me yeah. tons of hate mail and he got arrested for um i'm brain dead but he got arrested for messing with the investigate witness intimidation uh any look at this raymond weiss anyway turtle boy is now in jail uh <laughs> trying to raise money and uh phil i don't know do you have thought are you familiar with it scott no i will get I'm, yeah well, we'll get back on it. Long story short, mm-hmm. I did a show on this all a long time ago, and I invited Turtle Boy on with Wendy Murphy, who is a very 
very smart attorney and turtle boy and wendy murphy got into it it was the craziest live moment on our show phil please comment about uh karen reed whatever you'd like to say about that well i, I just know it's, it's a very i mean you know I, i'm only reading what i'm read what i read about it and it's it's two very different conclusions right from her side and the police side and and a uh, lot of lot of uh, you know a lot of uh, hateful uh, feelings going back and forth. Um, I think I remember the. I think I watched the Turtle Boy thing with the. There Wendy was somebody. Murphy, had, yeah, I watched it was change on there. And yeah, it was, was. I think I think you did. It was it was wild. They got into. Yeah, it. And he he's just a. a, a, a He's a jackass, right? I mean, he's well, he's also charged with impressed yeah. with him at all. He was supposed to be the all-knowing. Well, he's kind that, of uh, owns the story, but um, there's all kinds of conspiracy theories that yeah, you know, he's all kinds of things. But I want to say, and and I'm not T Pain pointing out part of his arrest has to do with domestic violence so charges. I, but, but well, to answer your yeah. question, I mean, I really don't know. You know, you read both of the, it's one of those cases where you, who, who do you believe here? Uh, the police are saying this, she's saying this there. I've seen some points on both sides. So without understanding the total scope of that investigation, I really, it's one of those things where I can't really come down on, on either side of that thing. So, um, yeah, well, here's a, the whole situation screwed up from the beginning anyway, right? I mean, they were yeah. all drunk or something seems like. And yeah, well, some people think it's a big cover up by the Canton Police Department and they're framing yeah. her. That's what Turtle Boy thinks. But look at Rassler's mom. I'm a turtle rider. Thank God he brought the story to light. Huge corruption. Rassler's mom, if you can. I mean this sincerely. Uh, I don't wish what happened to Turtle Boy on anyone. The guy was nice to me. He came on the show. Seems like to me, whatever. Uh, I didn't have an issue. Well, with look, him, if, if hope- he, if he, look, if he made decisions to interject himself in a way that got him arrested, that's on him. You know, feeling sorry for him because he decided he wanted to get his 15 minutes of fame out of this thing. There's no sympathy there for somebody like that. Here's you know, telling me it's that my impression. Yeah. Is that he likes I to truly, do this I, I truly don't. I have. I truly not covered enough since I got a little after that whole episode. I was like, I went to school in Boston, and I love everyone in Boston, but it's a wild place. And uh, you know, Turtle Boy was covering it. Um, look at this. I just watched that episode. It was Wendy that messed that show up. Wendy can be tough. Um, Wendy's very smart. No, you can say a lot of things about Wendy, but one thing about Wendy is she is very uh, smart. Uh, no doubt and for sure. But what I was saying is, Turtle Boy, hope you get out of jail. Hope everything turns around for you. Wish you nothing uh, but the best. And uh, may the truth come out in this story. But enough of that. So moving on to Pueblo, Colorado. Uh, moving on to Pueblo, Colorado. Uh, Scott Duffy. A, a Pueblo, Colorado man suspected of killing a woman. Uh, he left her body in a creek. So police respond to this homicide. Um, 
And it all comes to light before I get to sort of the crux of the story. This guy's roommate. So the suspect here is Solomon Martinez, 26 years old. He is the suspect. He goes to a car wash in Pueblo, Colorado. And by the way, when I'm looking this way, it's I'm actually looking at the I'm looking at Scott on my monitor. I don't mean to be rude, but that's just the way the setup is. We're gonna have to fix it at some point. But Scott Duffy. This guy, Martinez, goes to a car wash. It just so happens that his roommate happens to be at this car wash, and he notices bloody hands. And he also notices um, from the trunk that he is lifting and moving something that appears to be wrapped and heavy. Um, He gets kind of suspicious. He doesn't call authorities, but somehow he does eventually, and they tip off police. Uh, Here it is. Police were first tipped off about a body in the creek by one of Martinez's roommates. Um, According to the affidavit, Martinez allegedly arrived at a car wash that they were uh, both working on their cars at on January 9th, as I said, with blood uh, and clothing uh, on his hands. So let's stop it right there. Um, Scott Duffy, this sounds kind of like your, and I hate to say this because no homicide is sort of your typical homicide. I was going to say garden variety, but so far it appears this guy committed some sort of sinister act. Does it not? Uh, Scott Duffy, he shows up to a car wash, bloody with a big um, stiff something rolled up in something that he's trying to move with difficulty. Would you find that suspicious? I I would find that suspicious, but the the body was dumped. So is he's going to the car wash with with the body still in it, as opposed to after the body's dumped in the river? Am I missing? That's something? how I. Yes, that's I. I think it was on the way to. I think it was on the way to dump it off to dump the body. Yeah, the the body is eventually found in a river or creek, mm-hmm. um, in Fountain Creek. It is called in Pueblo, Colorado. I mean, this is why people get caught and good for them for, you know, putting themselves out there so they can be caught and bring that trail of witnesses across. It's um, I've, I, I often say in any crime, people um, do not really think of the aftermath, cleanup, et cetera. That, and, uh, the, and, and often that's where they do themselves in. You know, I'm coming off my caffeine high and uh, it was a very long week and I love these two guys so much. I literally could start to cry. I could weep from emotion. Um, I really do love these guys and I'm going to try not to cry. Um, so, um, yeah, something's in there. So Phil Waters, a friend of the roommate, also claims now now he decides he's going to speak to police event finally. Uh, that they were in a car with him on that same day when they drove to Mohawk Road. Uh, And that, on that day, according to the affidavit, the suspect actually, this is a different witness from what I understand. He takes out a decapitated woman's body from the trunk of his vehicle and he drags it towards Fountain Creek. Uh, This was the uh, newspaper on record. So this was a separate witness who now sees him dragging the body into a creek. And believe it or not, whoever was with him apparently videotaped some of this. And upon his arrest, uh, the suspect 
claims that the witness who recorded the video was actually the murderer. How do you sort this out, Phil Waters? Well, of course, you know, that's one of those deals. Um, (laughs) That kind of a case gets sorted out in the interview room if those folks will talk. So you've got, you've got what, three people involved here. Now you've got a suspect two, and two witnesses, depending on correct. who they are in this scenario. Correct. There is a punchline to this story coming, Phil. There is a punchline. Oh boy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But is any, is any part of this, we talked about this last week. Does any part of this story so far surprise either of you? No, no, Okay. Okay. You you know, you got an advantage here when you got three people involved. I I will tell you this, you know, it's the old hell's angel adage, right? Mm. The best kept secret among three people is when two of them are dead. So uh, you got three people here that all have knowledge of this single event. And now it's a question of in the interview room, pitting one against the other. And let's see who, 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 if they can come up with who's telling the truth about who actually did. And then, of course, you're looking at the evidence, you know, whose car was and who, and so forth and so on. So we're, you've we're got evidence the, that you can use in evidence. each one of these settings. We are certainly getting to the Look at this. Elf, she can't watch tonight. She has to go to work. Work is overrated, Elf. Do what I do and just putts around all day. Um, what is this? Mish Cavernos in Cape Town, South Africa, one of my oldest friends in the world. I've known her a few months. Uh, the fact that nothing surprises me, surprises anyone anymore is a problem. I think that is true. So, uh, Phil Waters, they make the arrest. They go in, they get more information, and they arrest this Martinez guy, Solomon Martinez, 26 years old. And he's wearing a coat. And lo and behold, in this pocket... They find the sever hand, severed hand of a woman in a Ziploc bag. And the police say, uh, this would be you, Phil Waters. You would ask this question. How long has that hand been in your coat pocket? To which he responded, three days. Um, well, in homicide, your- we would call that a clue. <laughs> <laughs> um, Phil Waters. In all that's, your- a pretty, that's a pretty... Uh, um, and this is the guy that's saying that somebody else actually killed <laughs> yes. us, but yeah, he thought he'd yeah. take a souvenir with him. That's what he's trying to do. I've had those cases where they cut off heads and hands and, you know, put them in flower pots and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, I would say that's a pretty, uh, that's a pretty affirmative link to that guy being the actual actor in that homicide. This is why PSS went to medical school and is as smart as she is uh, with a comment caught red handed question mark. Literally, um, Scott, Duffy, caught, in caught, order- caught, I think the term here would be caught dead handed. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. And honestly, I do not mean to make light, but it's a Friday. I'm decaffeinated hey, now. Dark and, humor uh, and homicide, brother. Dark humor yeah. and homicide. Carm always say. says she got through all. You got to buy the book. Carm talks about dark humor in the book. Scott Duffy, um, in all your years in the FBI and in Lower Marion, PA, um, ha- have you ever arrested? Have you ever arrested someone with a severed hand in their front coat pocket? No, 
I think I Phil Waters, say... same question to you, except for Houston. Have you ever arrested no, someone? No, I guess the closest I ever got was I had to pick up this guy. I found this guy's finger who had put a bomb in a garbage can, and it blew up on him. And I found the palm of his hand on a rooftop across the street. So that's about the closest. <laughs> and then, and then, and then there was a dog in the area that ran up and had I'm not going to make fingers. it to the rest of the show. What it's happened to the dog? Story. It's a true story. What, and then the dog happened? in the area. Write the, the dog book, Phil. Write the book. The dog. The dog had one of his fingers, but we didn't. We didn't find. Uh, we didn't find all of them. But um, yeah. By the way, um, and uh, and a finger. That's all we. Phil, did you know this earlier in the week? Not to digress, but I have to a minute uh, for a moment. Ethel, I get home after a long day of doing this nonsense and I was tired and stressed out. And my wife hands me, my kids have all been sick this week, hands me a Mucinex, a children's Mucinex bottle for cough and sinus. And it is empty and it is chewed on. And I look over at Ethel, who's staring at me with her tongue hanging out of her mouth. And we had just literally heard a story about a dog that died from xylitol poisoning. Xylitol is in everything. So I call the vet, and immediately they say you have to call the ASPCA poison hotline. Did you know that they even had a dog poison hotline? Did you know that? Scott mm -hmm. Scott said no. Scott, did you know this? I didn't, so I'm, I'm going to put that on my, my fridge. Yeah, so you call the poison hotline. And they take $99 before you open your mouth and um, go through all the ingredients. And they say, keep an eye on Ethel. Uh, if you see vomiting, diarrhea, hives, wobbling, uh, these are signs. Uh, she looked at me like I was an idiot. Absolutely nothing happened. 100 bucks down the drain. Uh, that was <laughs> yeah. the dog story. I, I will tell you, so, you know, dogs are not supposed to eat chocolate. Yes, Yes. Right. It will, it will kill them. I mean, and I think it depends on the chocolate, but my wife and I were going to a women's banquet at the church one night and she had made this wonderful chocolate cake and it was sitting on her desk, which is by the back door. As we were going to leave, she was going to pick it up and take it. Well, our bull terrier at the time, Lily, I come around the corner to go, we're going we're gonna to leave, and I see the cake is in the floor, and it, it was one of those bunt cakes, you know, this, the circle yeah, thing yeah. with the hole in the middle yeah. of it. Yeah, love bunt we cakes. We had eaten the entire top of it, mm. all the icing and the chocolate cake, so it was like half a... Half a I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna story top Phil right after this. Go ahead, Phil. <laughs> and she, and so I went into a panic. My wife went on to the women's banquet thing at the church, cakeless. I took Lily to the vet, and I'm in a panic. Well, the vet up there, they start pumping her full of fluids, right? Because what's the yes. point here? We're trying to make the dog throw up. Just like mm -hmm. a human who's overdosed, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So they, they, I mean, they're, she look, she's a water tank. I mean, they got her so full of stuff and they're out walking her around, walking her around. I'm up there for an hour and a half 
And Lily's just enjoying the attention. So I finally take her home. The doc says, you know, just watch her, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I think she's probably going to be okay. I said, great. So I get her home. I let her into the house. And she does a little whoop, whoop. And then all of a sudden, it's very silent. Hmm. So I walk into the bedroom and turn the lights on. And there is this this whole area that is like one big piece of snot. Mm. And then within that is all of this cake. Oh, boy. So she has waited to get home, go into the bedroom, and throw this thing up all over the bedroom. Mm. And she's just looking at me like, you know, this is what you wanted, right? And uh, so that was uh, so that was the first. So now it is. How do you clean this up? Mm. So I got the fireplace shovel and a plastic bag, and because this snot is all connected, Mm. I'm like picking it up with the shovel and putting it in a piece at a time into this bag. It was it was. It was a very uh, an interesting teaching teaching point for me with chocolate cake and dogs, and you need to keep them outside until they puke that stuff up. But so she was fine, and nothing ever happened, you know, beyond that. Look at this Blackwood door, our hot. Look at this in the Republic of I. You know, I got a real, I've got a beef with the American healthcare. So it's a joke that every time I do something in America. Got to show my insurance, got to make 400 calls. It is a ploy here. They try to beat you down. Blackwood door, you should love the healthcare in Ireland. But here, the things that you have to do to just get a, what you need to get is an, like I have to go pick up medicine for my kid. They'll say, oh, your insurance covers this. It doesn't cover that. Let me get you a CVS. Just give me my medicine already. Get this healthcare. Should be the number one. Forget the economy. Get the healthcare on track in this country, Scott. Um, let me story top Bill in, in one second, and then we'll get to Scott. I'm in Sedona, Arizona, when I was a reporter at uh, K-Gun 9 in Tucson, Arizona. I went to Sedona, which is one of the most beautiful places you'll ever see. Bring my beloved Mabel Rose, who I had before my wife, before my children. Mabel, her entire life, the only th- she was food obsessed. I had a trainer once tell me she she would do backflips. She was so obsessed if I trained her with food. Long story short, uh, the only thing I ever saw her reject was a chocolate malt ball in my entire life. Uh, she was part beagle. So when I was in Miami, I went to this open park that was connected to a Smith and Walensky steakhouse. She used to smell a fish from 500 miles away and run and get it. We're in Sedona. She eats a pound and a half of peanut butter fudge. Why did I have a pound and a half peanut butter fudge? Because I'm a sick glutton. I love it. And I was just going to stuff it into my face while I was in bed watching Netflix or something. And I called the emergency vet. Mabel looked perfectly fine. I knew she would be fine, but they forced me to do this. Stick a turkey baster down her throat with two tablespoons (laughs) of hydrogen peroxide and she vomited up, and she looked pissed at me because she wanted to save her the chocolate fudge. End of the stories there with um, with uh, 
dogs. Okay, moving along here. Uh, this is um, your Commonwealth, Scott Duffy. A police officer in Pennsylvania um, says he did not, this is a difficult story, he did not intentionally rape his victim. Uh, this guy's name is Justin Hain, H-A-I-N, 38 years old. He was an officer for two months with the Steelton Borough Police out by Pittsburgh, Scott Duffy. Uh, it occurred when the 25-year-old woman was feeding her child. Um, he knew the woman. He allegedly, according to reports, approaches her with a weird grin on his face after she comes out of the shower in the afternoon. The woman, woman tells him she absolutely did not want to be touched. Police claim this officer then proceeds to sexually assault her, force, forcing her head into the couch so she was unable to move. Um, she then calls the police officer on the phone. Um, he says to her on the phone, and I quote here, I didn't intentionally rape you. She then goes, to the police and he's arrested and faces rape charges. Your thoughts on this story, Scott Duffy sick. Mm. Yeah. I think sick that's people. It. sick, disgusting. I, um, whether, whether under the color of law, so him being a police officer or prior friend or whatever he is, you know, that's whatever, whatever it's, it's just, Disgusting, depraved. Phil Waters, do you think a man like, first of all, Phil, have you ever heard the I didn't mean to rape you defense? That's number one. And number two, do you think a person like this is prone to commit this act again if you were to get away with it the first time? I read that article. Uh, that's the first, because of the this, I didn't mean to do it thing um and i would and i think he'd only been a police officer like two months or something two like months that. two months two months yeah yes. and um um so i guess my my question there is how does this guy get through a background investigation i can't believe this is going to be the first time that something like this has happened um so i just i just wonder how how he gets past a background um, is uh, that that's that's the curiosity to me there. But that's an that's an unusual uh, defense. You know, I, I didn't I didn't intentionally. What what other way was he doing it? I mean, that just uh, sounds like I mean, a, it wasn't like, like a guy that. Yeah, he wasn't drunk or any. I mean, it sounds like he was. No, like, no, no, no. I mean, yeah, right. I mean, I, I just, uh, you know, I mean, did, uh, you know, I mean, did, did she do something that implied something and he thought something the wrong, you know, and that ends up being, I mean, we, you know, back in, you know, many years ago that that's the, that's the classic date rape, right. Kind of thing. Um, so crazy. Yeah. That, that's just an insane story. There's no excuse. Uh, him saying what he said is is just ridiculous. Um, and but but again, you know, it, it, I always go back to it doesn't make any difference whether a police officer has been on two months or twenty years. 
when somebody wearing a badge does something as atrocious as this, it reflects on every one of us that have ever worn that badge. So hundred percent, hundred percent. That's that's and it and it just goes to make people feel uh, uncomfortable. Not not people in general, but it will make some people feel more uncomfortable about police officers, about calling him. And certainly in this woman's case, you know, I mean, good grief. And um, so I, I hope they, uh, you know, uh, the, the, uh, he's, he, he gets to have a, a trial and all that good stuff. I just know that they throw the book at this guy. I mean, I, I this, this is uh, the fact that he's a public servant and doing something like this when we are all held to a higher standard. And then he doesn't look, I hope they throw the book at this guy. Uh, now that this unintentional rape has occurred from Annie K, how can he ever be in a position of power again as a police officer, Scott Duffy? He won't be. He's, he he's better done. never be. Yeah. There you go. Um, I, I want to go back to something, but I'm afraid for a number of reasons that Phil's going to say yes. Number two, that I'm not gonna be able to stomach it. And number three, that people are going to think I'm a sick human being, but I have a very, I'm always curious. Uh, you were talking about the hand earlier, Phil, um, and you're talking about heads and stuff. Have you ever seen a decapitated head, Phil? Can I ask you that? Well, the short answer is yes, I've seen several of them. Um, and I don't want to get um, macabre, but is it, how do you, is there a way to process it, or does it look like what you see on Halloween? Let me put it that way. Well, listen, there's nothing the movies can do that can make the reality any worse. So mm. um, it's it's always, well, you know, anytime I enter the scene, I mean, it's just you have to, you know, the shield goes up that you're looking at it from an analytical viewpoint as a homicide detective, and it's a piece of evidence. I mean, yeah, it was a person and all that, but you can deal with that later. But at that moment in time, when you're in there looking at that stuff, you're working a scene, you're working a case. You have to be focused on what are these pieces of evidence telling me about what happened here? And, uh, it's been a different set of circumstances for each one of those cases. Uh, in fact, I've got a video uh, of the actual decapitation taking place inside an auto parts store. Is that the, and, that's uh, not is that the is that the one that you did for that's not the one you did for surviving the uh, survive those guys were shot right? The oh one no, no, was, no 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 okay no, this was an that wasn't the triple store. that wasn't the triple homicide no no that was an auto dealership but uh, okay. No, this was an auto parts store, and uh, it was. So you have you have video of this act. Video of it, yeah. It was pretty. I mean, I won't go into the details, but it was it yeah. was horrific to watch. Oof. And and uh, he was using a, a machete that was rather dull, so it took a while. Um, and it was. Uh, this is taking a nasty and, and the, and turn. The, the it's a man fun. that he was, that he was, this is a tough son of a gun. Um, he was conscious through most of it. I, I mean, it was just, 
brutal. But um, yeah, I was, I was, I've had a I've had a couple, two or three of those. Yeah, so couple of things right here, over here. There's a red light over here for the wide shot that we don't have. But I look like Santa Claus. I've noticed it makes my cheek look red. Number two, Demar. I think Carm will have an issue with Joel asking the question I just asked of Phil. She'll probably call me and say you're sick. And then Blackwood Door. Go ahead. Please, please. Um, my wife and I, you know, we watch these. We watch these when we're done. You know, we sit down and watch, and she corrects me and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, <laughs> but she noticed that you refer to Santa Claus as Santa Claus. Yeah, I don't know why. I just like. Is it. that a New Jersey thing? What is that? No. <laughs> is that a northeastern? Thing? It's a uh, me and my, it's a me and my friends thing. It's just like he's cute. Oh. So instead of Santa, it's like Santy. It's like Joey instead of Joseph. Okay, all right. Because every time you say it, she goes, "Well, yeah. there he's he's doing that again." She's probably going to so say. I'm going to explain to her the Santy Claus thing, but uh, yeah, it's like Joey instead of Joseph. It's something that my I friends and I. Just a, it's just a uh, Joel thing, huh? Yeah, I don't know what it is. Uh, but look at this. This is a little more insight into Blackwood Door. There's a head in our local church. She lives in uh, Ireland, by the way. St. Oliver's mm -hmm. Drogheda, if I'm pronouncing that. Mm -hmm. We go on school tours as children to see it. Um, by the way, Blackwood Door, she sent me a very beautiful email. Thank you. And um, you're going to have to explain this. Why do, is it a, it's a human head, I assume. Um, whose head? How is it preserved, and why do people go see it? These are the questions I have off the top of my uh, off of my head. Um, speaking of decapitated heads, sorry, I didn't mean to okay, let's move on. Uh, this story. So I picked a story. If you'll notice, one from Pennsylvania. This next one's Oklahoma. Phil, this is a horrific story. Horrific. Last week, an Oklahoma father, he's identified as Elliot Binney. He was arrested after police accused him of fleeing the scene of a crash. That's never a good thing, Phil. Three family members were in this car of his. Uh, he was driving 70 miles an hour through a no-passing zone. He crashes his own daughter, 16 years old, from Oklahoma. She's a cheerleader in high school, one of the most popular girls. She is killed. And this guy with I think it was two or three other relatives takes off from the scene and runs to a family owned business. Um, it was the daughter and three other family members. And he tries to evade police officers. Is there a special place in hell for someone like this to abandon your own daughter and your family? Well, I think they found, uh, alcohol and and some sort of pills or medication or something in the vodka car. they found an empty bottle of vodka and i think there was some other medication uh -huh. pills something there okay but he was obviously messed up whatever the whatever the case may be the guy's a, a piece of crap he's a coward um good grief uh you abandon your your family your daughter who's dying I mean, I don't know if the daughter was dead, but it really, it's, it doesn't make any difference. Uh, he's only looking for himself, looking out for himself, uh, fleeing that scene. And, of course, um, uh, he may or may not have known what he had done in terms of what the effect was on 
the people inside the car, but that doesn't make any difference. But that's that's the way a drunk and and a uh, you know whatever other substance he may have had in that's the way they think. It's instant paranoia. It's it's survival. And uh, and he he knew what he did was wrong. He knew the circumstances under which he he did it was wrong. And the only thing he think to do was to flee, was to get as far away from it as he possibly could, and and go to some place where he thought he was going to get some sort of safe haven, and uh, somehow be able to explain himself out of being responsible for what happened. So yeah, piece of crap, no doubt. Look at this, Bill Black Widow. Uh... An Irish person, they say Santy as well. It's not just me. Uh, Scott Duffy, do you think okay. that this person, now that he's hit the, um, you can't get any lower than killing your own daughter, obviously an issue with alcohol, uh, pills. I don't see that, but Phil is saying that, so it's possible. Uh, do you think that, uh, obviously, he's going to eventually, I believe, serve time for this. Do you think that this will change him despite all the horrors uh for the better at some point or is someone like him just irredeemable um i know if it was me i don't know that i'd be able to go on if i did that to my own daughter what say you i, I mean i would just hope that that after sobering up whatever whatever intoxication he was under that he does realize that that it's instant that he realizes the unimaginable uh, destruction of life that he did, not only, you know, to um, his daughter and other family members, but just to, 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 to everybody now that has to uh, pick up the pieces. So, I, I, you know, it, it, you see this time and time again, and, and uh, especially for DUI-related homicide accidents, they're, they're, they're plentiful and... Um, you know, I've 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 seen quite a few multi multi um, DOIs, major accidents, deaths not included, but but uh, but they just keep going on, and they you know they they're leaving um, a trail of of havoc. So I, I you know I I hope so. I but I I'm I don't know. I will tell you this: my experience has been in these vehicular homicides. Mm. that um, the sentencing is, it's typical that it's very low. Yeah. People don't, don't receive sentences in these vehicular homicides as they do in a, a murder and so forth and so on. So I will not, I'll be interested to see when this is all done, uh, what he actually ends up serving. Uh, you know what? the pain that that guy is going to have between his ears for the rest of his life is uh, going to be a crazy punishment. And um, let me, let me say ahead. one thing, Joel, you, you made a comment about, is he unredeemable? Well, I would say everyone is redeemable. <laughs> everyone there's, there's, there's a capability to, to uh, seek redemption. So uh, yeah, you know, that's what I would pray for this guy. Cause this is horrific. I mean, how yeah. do you, how do you look in the mirror every morning after this? After it's impossible, like this? I think. But I would, I would wish the same for him. From H two O, man. Uh, you know what, H two O? I have it, and I think I forgot because it was such a crazy week. But I'll send it to him. Uh, did you send Phil? Did you forward the link that H two O sent me for a Ferrari that's for sale near him? Phil, do you need another Ferrari? 
Are you up to three yet? Do you need to get to three? Not quite yet. I, I just went down and looked at my uh, 360 down here in Houston uh, yesterday. And uh, What's the status? What's the status? What's the it's status? coming along. Well, hopefully, we're going to get it to the paint shop next Wednesday. And, uh, mm. yeah, it was just How's the cool knee? Are, are you, are you going to be running before. a marathon? Or is your knee better? Is your knee as good as a Ferrari? Oh, the knee is uh, remarkable. Uh, yeah, we're we're uh, we're still hitting the physical therapy stuff three times a week, and I'm doing my exercises, and I'm almost to the point now where I I'm starting to not notice it. So, uh, and that's six and a half weeks out. So, it's good. This comment amazes me, Maria Resendi, hearing STS at the Zurich Switzerland airport boarding to Lisbon, Portugal. What a world we live in that someone is listening to this of all things. Um, I don't fully understand it, but I'm glad that you are. Uh, look at this from Jana Island. I really appreciate this one. Uh, you did a great interview yesterday. You were a class act, did a fantastic job. Thank you so much. Uh, Scott Duffy, this is another story. Uh, and I would like your larger macro take and your um, cautionary warning uh to our audience, a Los Angeles socialite, she's set to go on trial now for murder. It happened three years ago. She struck and killed two young boys who were crossing the street with their parents and brother. Two little boys crossing the street with their parents. Rebecca Grossman is charged with two counts of murder and vehicular manslaughter in 2020 after the authorities uh, alleged that she struck Mark 11 and Jacob Iskander 8 before speeding away um, in September of that year. It turns out that this woman, Grossman, was racing, car racing, a former Major League Baseball pitcher named Scott Erickson. Um, what's going on now is her lawyer is saying that they did not do a thorough enough investigation, and it was actually his car that did the damage. Why was it investigated? Lawyers pointing the fingers Scott Duffy, it disgusts me that this happens, but what is your cautionary tale? Uh, people get into cars, they get into them drunk, and bad things happen. Uh, you're an FBI retired mm -hmm. agent. What would you say to people? Yeah, yeah, cars and driving. So she's she's um, speeding. She's racing, right? Is it is intoxication involved or not involved? Uh, I think they were leaving our restaurant. So I think okay. it was. Yeah. 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 Two, two young lives, you know, taken away as a result of um, just a horrible moment between two. I, I would imagine, like you said, a socialite and a, and a, and a former baseball player doing the most stupidest thing that they absolutely could have just um change so so things happen in 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 a sec second right it's uh and 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 um these whether they're bad impulses to go out and speak because we have and, and it may be in other cities but it's happening rather quite a bit in in the philly area both on within the city and and the outskirts on major roadways and highways these these uh car roundups and they're getting together and they're spinning their wheels and uh, they just think it's it's a good old time. But quite a few injuries have taken place 
and you just watch them, right? You just could just YouTube all now, day. Scott Duffy, let me jump in there with a hypothetical. You're with your son. You're at a pizza place. It's a sleeting, rainy night, a suburban Commonwealth of PA. And you, as a former FBI agent, supervisory agent, you see 20-year-old kids being idiots doing these donuts in a parking lot at a high rate of speed. As a former FBI agent, when they are stopped, you go up and tap on their window and say, I am a former agent, Scott Duffy, stop horsing around. You do that. No. Mm-mm. You don't. What do you do? No. No, it's, it's, I'm a, yeah. I mean, if somebody's already in, I, I know enough that if somebody's already involved in that type of behavior, um, they're, you know, their heart rate's up, their, their impulse mm-hmm. is hot, is high. So they're not thinking rationally. And uh, anybody going up, even a mar- a marked car, is not going to scare these people. Um, mm. As you just see time and time again, uh, until they come back down into that reality. Um, so now it, it was just like earlier in the show, calling calling the police and say, "Hey, you s- send quite a few cars here before something gets out of gets out of whack." And and um, and typically what's going to happen there is police are going to come in. They're going to they want the, 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 the sound of sirens to hopefully disperse and get get rid of some of the, you know, where people start thinking like, oh, let me get out of here. Um, but no, I, I, I wouldn't. I just it's I just know it wouldn't have any effect. It wouldn't have the effect that you would hope it to have. So. Honesty, honesty. Look at this, Murray Muncy. A random comment for Scott. I went to Methacton. Does that make yep. any sense? To you? What is Methacton? Yeah. It's a, it's an area. It's a town. Methacton. There's, a, I think, I believe it's a Methacton school district, um, upper part of Montgomery County. Nice, very funny nice names. Area. Funny names in Pennsylvania, like the Schuylkill River. River spelled all weird. Um, Sharkill. Coe from Vincenza. Chalantano, grazie. Uh, can you please link the new channel? Can you please link the new channel? Two more very quick stories. We'll wrap it up. Uh, Phil Waters, uh, Florida teacher. This this was all over the place. I'm sure you've seen this video. Uh, petite little teacher. Her name is Joan Nadich. Uh, she was beaten unconscious by a student over a video game. He wanted his video game. She didn't want to give it to him. He's six foot six, 17 years old. Dives on her, breaks five ribs, gives her a severe concussion and hearing loss. Uh, she um, wants this kid now sentenced to 30 years behind bars. She says her injuries are mostly invisible. Her speech has slowed. She's got cognitive problems. The real kind of kicker to this is her, for whatever reason, she's not getting any workers comp. There's some sort of... I don't know, situation going on with workers comp. They've launched a GoFundMe to help her, which has raised $106,000. What should happen? This kid's 17 years old, pounds this petite female teacher, uh, broken ribs, severe concussion, hearing loss. Obviously, she's going to have like PTSD. Should they throw the book at a 17-year-old, Phil Waters? Sure. Sure. And what's going on with our society, Phil Waters? Said it before. The problems of the head and the heart. So, uh, and these schools, we're seeing the product of uh, of over the last, uh, you know, 50 years of 
of indoctrinating these kids to think they can do whatever the hell they want to do. I always get this confused, misdemeanor OG. I'm a little tired, misdemeanor. If it were me, you are a journalist, correct? <laughs> correct, and thank you for correcting my grammar. I do have people who write to me about grammar. Uh, Carm tells me a great story. Uh, she was a marriage counselor, and she knows a couple that got divorced because the husband improperly used adverbs, and it would drive her insane, and eventually it caused a divorce. Uh, look at this, Fleur de Lis, one of my uh, new favorites, Fleur de Lis. Uh, last story here. Uh, once again, out of the Commonwealth of PA, and then we'll get final thoughts. I thought of Scott for several reasons during this story, and you'll hear why in a moment. Police, and this is very, to me, these are fascinating stories from a psychological perspective. Police filed charges against a Pennsylvania couple Friday of whatever week this was last week. James and Kathleen Cheney, Scott Duffy, they were charged after a humane officer found 77 animals and a 14-year-old boy living in dangerous conditions in the couple's home in Westmoreland County, PA, according to CBS Pittsburgh. Uh, the officer said these were the worst conditions in his 15 years in law enforcement. Smell of rotting trash everywhere. Upon further ins inspection, they find feces on the floors and furniture inside the house. The house had no running water. The smell of ammonia was so bad that it actually was burning the inside of the officer's navel cavities and eyes. Uh, the person from the humane office said she was in shock uh, finding all of this stuff. Once the house was cleared, they went inside and found more animals. Among the 77 animals here, Scott Duffy, 46 dogs, 23 cats, five guinea pigs, a dove, and this is where you come in, Scott, a chinchilla, no, and a ferret. All the dogs and cats had fleas and worms. A dog, a bird, a snake, and four chickens were found dead. Half of the dogs had no access to food or water. Uh, the son was brought to child and youth services. Scott Duffy, does any of this surprise you? <laughs> um, no. The chinchilla? No, it's, I mean, I've, I've, uh, I, that's, that's staggering with the amount, but it's, it seems like that these parents are suffering from some major mental illness and uh, can't take care of themselves, much less anybody, their child, animals. And, uh, and, and of course, being Westmoreland, so it's further out there in the, in the, in the state, um, I wonder how rural it is as opposed to, is it, is your next door neighbor who should have picked up on it? Um, yeah. So it, it's, it, it, but being, you know, being in a pretty rural area, if it is rural, it'd be, uh, it's just, it's just sad. It's, it's, but I've been in a few of those types of houses with the ammonia and the, and the, and the death of animals rotting and amazing. Phil Waters, two questions to follow up here. Uh, we always hear about these hoarding stories, and I've got some OCD tendencies, as I think you might have. But uh, Phil Waters, why do people hoard, especially animals? And number two, 
will this 14-year-old boy ever be okay as a result of this? Well, the last answer your last question first, I don't know that he will. I mean, that's something that uh, that trauma uh, will stay with him his whole life. Uh, it's going to depend on what the degree it it affects him. Um, regarding the first questions, I, you know what? I've been in houses with hoarders. Um, I've been in places where animals were the subject of the hoarding and these folks in most at least the cases that I when I've actually spoken with the person uh they don't think they have an issue in fact the last house I was in was since I've been in my my company and um Gosh, we walked into this house to do a security assessment. And she just turned and said, I want to apologize for the, the houses. I, 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 haven't, uh, I haven't been able to, to get things in order here before y'all came. Like it's, you know, like there's some magazines that were spilled on the floor. You know, I, I mean, this place was there had to be paths formed to get through all the stuff. And of course she had cats in there that were using it as a litter box. So you walk in and your eyes start to bleed, you know, uh, it smelled like a meth lab. And these people have some, just some real deep, mental health issues and uh it's 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 very and i and i even extended to her this particular person that i would help her you know she was talking about she wasn't she she could couldn't get things organized as that and and i mean it was stuff that was like old 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 stuff in boxes and then it was brand new stuff with the tag still on and i told her that i would as helper, try to sort some of these things out. And maybe we could get this thing organized. You know, of course, my thinking was maybe if we could get her to do that, we donate a bunch of this stuff to you know Goodwill or whatever. But to get her in a in a in a living condition that's just more suitable, that more healthy, and she didn't want it. She's going to take care. Sweet. This is where the phrase sweetheart comes from. Look what a sweetheart Phil Waters has. Trying well, to help people. He so I, thinks he's a you know, big, tough guy, but he's got a sweetheart, this guy. So these folks are just, and then the ones that do the animals, look, that starts out with, I'm going to take a couple. They rescue these animals, and then they rescue some more, and they rescue some more, and then they find themselves in a situation where they, they are doing exactly to the animals what they were trying to rescue them from. Phil, and, I know uh, I'm cutting you off here, but before I forget, it, it got dark here with decapitated heads. Um, would you be willing to put your hat on for us so we can see what it looks like? <laughs> would you be willing to do that? Sure. Uh, look at this from Susie Q. How an animal responds to a person tells you all you need to know about them. Uh, I get into bed. Ethel comes up and licks my... I, I love 
getting licked by a dog. I don't know why. It doesn't gross me out. Look at that. Look at that. Let me get the comment down. The COE, when Ethel, let's put it this way. Ethel favors me over the COE by a long shot, if it tells you. Look at that. That is an old school detective right there. That is very nice. Sweet hat. Yeah. Yeah. I want a photo of that. Um, The the queen of memes. I'm not T-Pain. There's got to be something with Phil in this hat. We have to come up with a um, a tagline for that. But look at that. Well, this this fedora belonged to my late father-in-law. Oh, wow. So I, I wear it in honor of him. Wow. I feel like you need Jiminy Glick glasses with that hat, by the way. Oh, I no. Think I'll, let, I'll lend you my glasses. No, no, no. Thank you, but <laughs> no thanks. Um, is it me or did the show get dark today? I, I have no idea. Um, bye. See you later, Ruthless. I, I love Ruthless with her British accent. Um, let's let's end on uh, happy stuff. Uh, Phil, what are you going to do this weekend that will make you happy? Well, you know what? I try to, I, you know, I remain joyful all the time because of the way I've been blessed and my family. So to make me happy, um, we're going to have hamburgers on the grill tonight. <laughs> then uh, tomorrow I'm going to help Most my brother out with some, uh, some paperwork on some oil leases and uh, I just try to be, you know, try to be productive. Then there may be a moment to rest and so forth and so on. But, uh, you know, I guess my. Well, Phil, how, many hour, how, many, how many, how many hours do you sleep at night, Phil? How many hours do you sleep at night? Oh, I get I get a good uh, eight, eight to nine hours. Look at this. Black Widow. Phil's a real man, followed by very smooth Phil, followed by Inspector Phil, followed by <laughs> whoo, Phil, followed by. <laughs> Phil, true detective. Uh, look at this. Hoarding is now in the DSM five. Uh, Scott Duffy. Um, mm-hmm. I really may weep today out of my love for these two gentlemen. Scott Duffy. Uh, what are you, what are your weekend plans, Scott? Oh, so after this show, I'm going to uh, turn on my snowblower. We are blanketed by a fantastic. Ooh. Um, Tell us I about would say that. Close to a half foot of snow. It's fantastic. Really, really. Yeah. So, what do you? You say fantastic. I say thank God I don't live in the Northeast anymore. Although it's, it's kind of snow days are fun. I'll give you that. But what are you? Yeah. Are you going to take a walk in the snow? Are you going to go out there yeah. today? Yeah, I was already out there this morning. It and it and all the schools have been canceled. So it is. Uh, it is a good snowstorm, but it doesn't take much around here to to call off schools. It's just a couple inches, but yeah, it's nice to see. I, uh, I like it. I also like it when it does go away. I'm about to bring up something that, um, is a sore subject. Uh, Phil, your Cowboys lost, right? Oh God, wait, let me tell you something. I've been watching the Dallas Cowboys since I was probably seven years old. They were formed in 1960 as an expansion team. And, when I watched them as a kid, Dandy Don Meredith was the quarterback. They played in the Ice Bowl against the Packers and so forth and so on and lost to the Packers. Uh, so I, I've been a Cowboys fan as a devotee all my life. Uh, my dad used to take us to the Cotton Bowl on Thanksgiving, watch the Cowboys 
Uh, I think at that time we played the Redskins. So um, I will have to say that that debacle, that is the worst, that is the single worst <laughs> defeat in the history up. of the Dallas Cowboys. To say embarrassing would, would be an understatement. I mean, that was, I, I couldn't, I, I watched it. I was just, where do these guys go? And, and Phil, uh, and Phil and you're, not Jerry, a, you're not a, you're not a, even Jerry Jones was speechless. He couldn't explain it either. You're not a Texans fan? You never became a Texans fan? Well, now they're the alternative, right? So, uh, I mean, I've worked security down there uh, for the Texans and for the – actually, the Cowboys and the Texans got together on a scrimmage deal uh, down at U of H, and that was pretty cool. But, um, you know, I'll be supporting the Texans now uh, as they go forward. And – and I, you know, and, and I'm also, uh, I've been, a, I've been a quasi Packers fan for a long time as well. When I was growing up, my brother was more Packers. I was more Cowboys, but, um, again, I, I mean, just, just unbelievable. That was a, that, that was a bloodletting that just would not stop. It was like, <laughs> oh my gosh. So, uh, yeah, that was horrible, horrible, horrible. And, uh, you know, I'm just getting, I, I think, yeah, I'm getting tired of saying wait till next year, you know, that kind of thing. So uh, look at this breaking news from Julie Frew. Alec Baldwin charged with involuntary manslaughter. They charged him. Uh, Phil yeah. Waters, what's going to happen? He's going to go to trial now? What's going to happen? Is he going to plead? Oh, they'll, probably plea, they'll, they'll probably plead that out unless he's arrogant enough to think he's going to get on the stand. Will he face uh, jail time for this? Will he go to the clinic? Oh, sure he could. Yeah, sure he could. But I, I will tell you, you know, he, he the mistake he made was is these guys like him can't keep their freaking mouth shut. <laughs> so he got up there with an interview right after this happened, and he said some things. I'm sitting there going, you know what? You're an idiot. You just need to shut up, let this thing get finished, quit getting up here because you've got a platform, and try to defend yourself. And so what he did, I think, is he ended up as they further that investigation and some of the things he said, he just, one of the most stupid things, he said, well, I didn't pull the trigger. Well, of course you pulled the trigger, you idiot. You're the only one holding the gun. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little little surprised that they charged him with, with involuntary manslaughter. I know in Texas we have a manslaughter statute. Uh, and then the one, the lowest statute in homicides is criminal negligent homicide. I would have thought that would have been something like that. And I don't know Arizona law. So, I mean, it's possible that um, it may have the same impact in terms of sentencing and punishment, that kind of thing. But um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm a, I'm a, if he had kept his mouth shut, I would have been surprised if they did this, but once he opened his mouth and said some s- silly things and then they've, they've done, I'm sure they've done a fairly, uh, a thorough investigation. And so the DA there has decided that there are enough elements here. Well, he froze up right there. Uh, I was just going to say, we might be breaking the record for the longest show. Heidi Morin, um, Scott, we live in Cheltenham, and my husband grew up in Lower Marion. Know it well. 
Our sons went to a dot Israel preschool. How about that? Um, yeah. What have we here? What have we here? Scott and Fillmore, the meme queen could not help herself. <laughs> Starsky and you know Hutch. What? Hutch just great passed story. away. Yeah, he just passed away, I think, this week. What a great David, car. David's David soul. I think he was 80 years old. Yeah, he uh he just passed away. He's been living in in uh, London, I think it is, for a long, long time. Phil, uh, would you drive that car today? Oh, sure. Yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful car. car. Even though it's a Ford, I would drive it. Scott so Duffy, cool what's car. what's going on with your beloved Eagles? Did they win last week? I don't even know. No, 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 no they're I, out. Ever everything that Phil said about Dallas, it's 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 just that that's what the fans are doing. It's what what happened at the beginning of the. It's you know to to totally do a flip really does confuse you. It's it was a big letdown. Just it's horrible to watch. These are fighting words, Phil, from PSS in Philadelphia. Dallas sucks. Philly shot the bed. Dallas sucks. Would you like to respond, Phil? This is the longest no, show on that, record. That's a that's a, that's a <laughs> traditional uh, rivalry, you know, the Eagles and the Cowboys. And so, no, I I I, uh, I respect their views as long as they respect mine. So uh, there you go. Space Coast will have the last word on this. He says it is Niners season. Um, Scott Duffy, leave us with something happy. Uh, the decapitation really got to me. I feel like it was a downer. Leave, leave us with something happy. How, well, how, about, how about I just, just – Oh, by uh, the way, by the way, let me interrupt you real quick. Can you send me some snow photos of your sure. neighborhood? And I will post them on Instagram at Surviving the Survivor. And Absolutely. I will look at them while I'm yeah. sitting by the pool. Uh, would you do that this weekend? Send me some snow yes. photos. I, okay. as, yes, I would love to see the side-by-sides, too. So I did not mean to cut you off, so just share something happy. You want to show us your shirt one more time? Yeah, let's let's do a nice... Second. Sensitive Scott. Sensitive Scott. Well, I, well, can, I, can I close out with while well, yes. everybody... Is, Please, I hope someone is, does. Is I hope someone the, does. You know, reaping the, the good vibes from Scott's shirt there. <laughs> Uh, you know, we have talked. This is one of the shows that I think we got more macabre in this show than we ever have. Um, I mean, it was some horrific things that we talked about that affected people's lives. And so yes. uh, uh, we mentioned it, you know, before. But I want, I want people to remember that. Um, and this will get them going because, you know, I'm going to say what I'm going to say. So uh, everyone is redeemable. And God is in control. And every one of us has a chance for that redemption through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on that cross and his defeating death. And he, God loves all of us. And he wants that relationship with each one of us. So I'll, I'll leave it with that. And um, I hope and pray everybody has a great weekend and a um, and a joyful one i think that is going to become a new tradition i think phil will always close out the show how what else can i say to top that uh members only tonight patreon youtube dateline watch party i'll be there i'll be beyond exhausted i'll be cuddling with ethel 
the COE will probably yell at our children. That will scare the crap out of Ethel. There's something about the COE's voice when she yells at the kid. She immediately takes cover in another room. Uh, but I'll be there. I'll be there. Um, members only, 11924, 9 p.m. How much information is on this one full screen? Join Joel, STS Nation. This is like as long as uh, the magnum opus here. This is like uh, Herman Melville's Moby Dick for full screens. Um, that's it. Phil said it all. Quick reminder, Donna Adelson is in court. I'm going to do the Phil thing. Donna Adelson is in court Monday. We're going to be covering the hearing Monday. And then Monday night, we're doing a show on Donna. Tuesday, Louis Baptiste and Stephen Webster are back. And then I think we're going to get into this Traconis trial on Wednesday. Uh, that was my Phil impression. Until then, Love you, America. I feel get medicine for my child. Love you everywhere, everywhere, everywhere around the world, um, especially the Republican. Final seconds of the game. A chance to score and the chance has gone begging. If your business's commerce platform keeps missing the target on golden opportunities, get the MVP you deserve. Get Shopify. <coughs> Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Whether you're a garage entrepreneur or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool that you need to start, run, and grow your business without the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. So whether you're selling signed football boots from Shopify's in-person POS system, or you're vending vintage shirts on Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform, you are covered. And once you've reached your audience, Shopify has the internet's best converting checkout to help you turn them from browsers to buyers. What I love about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US. And Shopify is truly a global force, powering Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across over 170 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash ranks, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com forward slash ranks to take your business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash ranks.